welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Pito. I'm glad you guys could all be with me here on this Wednesday. Two straight days. Not just having Michael Bohm here. Oh, that's, that's worthy of a celebration. But it is two straight days of having breaking news and news that matters right off the rip. Yesterday, we got the news of Justin Herbert. And we talked about it for a half hour or so. And then we continued on with our show. And what turned out to be really just a big conversation in general across the NFL over the previous 24 hours. And now we have a big local news. According to ESPN's Jeff Passan, local kid, Solon kid done good. And now confirmed by Ken Rosenthal, for whatever that's worth, Dodgers are in agreement with the Guardians on a trade for Ahmed Rosario pending the review of medicals. Mm. I mean, can we get like some some church music in here? Can we get some like Alleluia stuff? I, this is fantastic. This is everything I ever wanted. Bye-bye, Ahmed Rosario. Nice to know ya. Listen, there was a stretch where Ahmed Rosario last year was doing all right for himself. But Ahmed Rosario hitting in the two-hole gave me an aneurysm. Ahmed Rosario in the two-hole. I can't imagine. I don't know how Terry Francona filled out that roster card every day and then didn't vomit off to the side when he was penciling him in the two-hole where the best players in baseball hit, and he did so for a year plus. I have no idea how he just made peace with that whole entire thing, but he made peace with it to the point where I stopped arguing about it. I waved the white flag on that fight like six months ago because it just was I, I was wasting breath. All I was doing was wasting time. There was no point. He was going to put him in the two-hole no matter how many people we talked to and I had a lot of Guardian beat reporters, and you guys know the names, the people that I had on, and I'd ask them. I said, all right, fine. What do you make of Ahmed Rosario? Why is he in the two slot when he is objectively a bad offensive player? And you want to say, well, he's not that bad of an offensive player. He was a negative 1.7 wins above replacement on the offensive side of the, of the, uh, the game. Like that's negative one point seven, and and I know I speak Portuguese sometimes when I uh, when I talk about wins above replacement. Just understand it's a, it's a catch all, right? So the offense and defense they break it up into two parts. He was a good defender, but offensively he was a negative one point seven, which means any generic minor league baseball player that got promoted up in uh, to major league baseball would have done better than what Ahmed Rosario was giving you in the two slot. Negative wins above replacement player on the offensive side of the ball is incredibly hard to pull off. I don't know what the Dodgers are trading for. I I had no idea what they're doing. I I mean, congratulations to Rosario. You go to a nice team in the Dodgers. Okay, great. I'm smelling like cheesesteak or something going on here. Boom, did you get a cheesesteak? Is that what that is? Oh, my gosh. Did this just take over the whole entire studio? What is that? Subway. I like Subway. No, I'm not going to knock Subway. I love Subway. I know you do. I'm like Adam Sandler when it comes to I'm happy Gilmore when it comes to Subway. I just, I, I love Subway. You got me on a Subway kick where I've, I think, I feel like for all this month, I've gone to Subway once a week before the show. No, it's good. It just it smelled like the cheesesteak. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, well, first of all, where'd you get a cheesesteak in Cleveland? I'm a, I'm a chicken guy. And then I don't, I don't eat the red meat. Oh, that's the, okay. That's the special part about Subway sometimes. You can get the meats confused, but, but I love them. I'm at Rosario gone. I want to hear from you. 216-474-0092. He is, according to fan graphs, the 12th best, 12th best at his position for this season. But just pulled it up right there, okay? Uh, I Again, it, it is what it is. 
It just, it just, I, I just, I'm looking at Ahmed Rosario, and I'm not seeing somebody that I thought was going to be here long term. I'm not seeing somebody that is going to be. I got that wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There are 19. I'm sorry. I got that wrong. There are 19 qualified shortstops in Major League Baseball this year. Ahmed Rosario is 17th out of 19 when it comes to qualified shortstops in big league ball. He has been absolutely atrocious offensively and defensively. I gave him too much credit defensively. Sometimes you got to look a little bit deeper, dig a little bit deeper. I gave him way too much credit defensively there relative to some of the advanced numbers. And I, and that's tough too. That is, that's a really tough road to go down because sometimes uh, this short into the season, it can be very finicky. Finicky. You just got to know what you got to know. I'm like, that didn't make sense when I said it, but you know, again, look a little bit deeper. He's been bad offensively. He has not been great defensively. He's just been a bad baseball player and he's been living in our two hole for the entire stretch of the time here. And th- what this does, when I asked anybody around this, I said, why is Ahmed Rosario in the two slot? What is he doing? Why is he there? They'd say Tito feels comfortable with him there. Tito likes him being in the two hole. They like him in that two slot. That's where he's best at. And it's like, all right, fine. That's what Tito wants. That's what Tito gets. Congratulations. If it if it makes the the rest of the lineup feel good about it, then fine. But you know, Andres Jimenez was a seven win player last year. He's one of the best players in baseball. Legitimately, one of the best players in baseball last year, and couldn't sniff the top six of the lineup. If you when you watch today's lineup, that's what you're going to see moving forward for the majority of the top of the lineup, at least. Where it went, Quan into Jimenez into J Ram into Naylor, and then you can go from there. And then it'll, it'll be a hodgepodge of different pieces and different parts and back of that, but it gives the Guardians a bunch of flexibility. It gives them a new sense of we got to play some of these guys to find out who we got in certain positions, to find out who stays, to find out which players are like Stephen Kwan, for instance. Got an opportunity, won a gold glove last year, has become an everyday player, and is a solidified part of this lineup. you got to give yourself opportunities consistently to try to mix that and make that all work. And that's what shipping out Ahmed Rosario does. It's a fantastic move by the Guardians. There is no doubt about that one. I love this move for the Guardians. It tells me a couple different things. It tells me... the front office is paying attention to what this team is actually needing to do. There are times when you can question whether or not it feels like the front office is playing games. Like you, you heard the Tito, not necessarily games, there's a bad way to put that, but they're, they're, they're trying to middle a lot of what they do. They're trying to win enough ball games to make it seem like they're competitive, but they're also trying to build for the future, and they're trying to make sure that you get the best team a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. A move like this tells me, That even though they want to chase down the Twins and win the AL Central, and that should still be goal number one, a move like this tells me that they understand what happens a year from now, two years from now, three years from now is the most important thing for this Guardians team. It's all about getting this team to a point where you can develop some of these younger players, you can figure out your middle of the infield, and you can move from there. Again, the setup is going to take a little bit more time. We're going to have a lot of competition. You're going to have a lot of different players up, down. We're going to try to figure this whole thing out. In the intermediate, I think it's pretty obvious. But I think two, three months from now, shake a snow globe up. It can be completely different. And it will, I imagine, will look completely different. 
This also goes back to the Naylor discussion we've been having as well. It's moves like this that tells me that the idea that when you're willing to go ahead and trade Ahmed Rosario, and we don't know the return price, when we find that out, I'll let you guys know. I would imagine it's not much more than a bag of baseballs, though. 17th best shortstop in baseball out of 19 qualified players. I would imagine it's not that great of a return. But it's moves like this that tell me that this front office wants to move forward with some of the younger guys. They want to move forward with developing guys, which would tell me when it comes to Bo Naylor, we're not going to see as much of David Fry. We're not going to see as much as Cam, of Cam Gallagher. I, I know what Tito said yesterday, but when you make these type of moves, you are trying to make sure you got the best team a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. You are not playing as much in the moment. It also, when you make a move like this, though, doesn't mean you're waving the white flag. doesn't mean you're giving up on this season. You're just trying to blend both worlds. You are legitimately trying to develop. You are trying to figure out what you got for a couple years down the road and then some, while also then making what is a competitive run. It feels very Vikings-esque. Vikings sent a lot of their really good players off, and, and again, I'm not saying Ahmed Rosario is a really good player, but the Vikings, 13-win uh, season last year, sent a lot of their really good players off to different spots, and they're doing what is called a competitive rebuild, where they keep the Kirk Cousins of the world, and they're, they're going to make a run for it. They're going to try to win the NFC North, but they're not going so hard in the paint that it's going to mortgage anything they do in the future. This is that happy mi uh, middle that the Guardians seemingly have been trying to find for a couple years. And have now seemed like they find it with, uh, have found it with a move like this. We have way too many guys that should be getting at bats. Way too many guys, Freeman, Arias, Rocchio, all these type of guys that should be getting opportunities consistently to play at the big league level to see what we got. These are the type of moves. You got you to get the log jams out of the way. You got to get the, the Ahmed Rosarios out of the picture. Fantastic job by the Guardians in addressing that today. Fantastic job. 216474 to below 92. Tom going to lead us off here. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hey, not too bad. Um, so I initially was starting to call because you said Ahmed was a, a good defender, and I almost freaked out and fell out of my seat in the car here. But um, <laughs> you corrected yourself, thankfully. Uh, but I think you're underselling Ahmed as a player, and I think the, the Dodgers are going to like what they're getting. If you look at his statistics June 1st on, this is both of the last two seasons, his hitting jumps way up. I mean, he's over 300 since the June 1st mark. And I think he means a lot in the locker room and in the clubhouse as well, in addition to just, like, what he does in the, in the order. I agree with you on all fronts that it was, it was probably time to move on so we can get, see what we can get out of these young guys. Um, but I, I really think you're underselling Ahmed and what he means to the team, uh, both as a bat in the second half of the season as we chase down the Twins and then also in the locker room. Now, I, 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 would imagine, I would imagine, Tom, uh, and thank you, I appreciate the phone call, I would imagine what you're getting at is the idea that Ahmed Rosario is basically best friends with Jose Ramirez. I, I would think that's what you're kind of handing out, like what he does in the locker room. Listen, I don't need anybody that's a good cards player with Tito, like what it used to be with Josh Tomlin. I don't need anybody that's best friends with you know J-Ram in order to make J-Ram feel good. I'm sorry, if you can't get over the fact, J-Ram can make friends. Apparently he's pretty good friends with Shohei Otani. Maybe, maybe you make friends with guys like that and you figure out new friends. Seems like a pretty likable guy, that Jose Ramirez. I can find him new friends. I got to worry about the betterment of the baseball team. I can't be worried about whether or not he's a clubhouse guy. I can't be worried about whether or not this disrupts the locker room. If Ahmed Rosario is enough to make this locker room go completely downhill, then you never had a chance anyway. Now, J-Ram was pretty vocal. You wanted Ahmed to stick around. 
And he wanted to uh, obviously, you know, be playing on the playoff teams and doing everything else. And he likes Tito. And he's always been vocal about a, a very few select things. He likes Ahmed Rosario. I would imagine that's probably where the hangup initially always stemmed from was the idea that he was such a big supporter and he was such he was always in his corner. But I, I, I can't look at Ahmed Rosario as if the Guardians did something bad here. This was a move for the future mixed with a move that you can find right now in the present will make this team, in my estimation, better. I'm sorry, Ahmed Rosario, this is kind of, this is very similar to the Zanino situation, except Rosario had a higher impact on this team. Zanino was giving you low-quality at-bats, was barely over the Mendoza line offensively. It's like, bring Bo Naylor up. What's the worst that happens? He hits around the Mendoza line as he tries to figure things out. It's the worst that happens with anybody else they give Ahmed Rosario's at-bats to. What's the worst that happens? They hit what Ahmed Rosario had been hitting, which was 265, 306, 369. That's not hard to replace. All right, 216-474-0092. Guardians part ways with Ahmed Rosario. We'll get to Deshaun Watson. We'll get to Daryl Ryder coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll continue on with this with you guys. At Jay Peterlin on Twitter. Breaking news. News within the hour. Jeff Passan. Dodgers are working toward a trade in which they would acquire shortstop Ahmed Rosario from the Guardians. According to him and Jesse Rogers, it has since been confirmed by all sorts of different people, including guys like Ken, Ro- uh, Ken Rosenthal. So I, I love the move. I think this is perfect. Gets him out of the two-hole. Gets other people quality at bats. What say you? 216-474-0092. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here. All right, back at it here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Uh, X or Twitter reactions, whichever one you want, are brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Tom is saying maybe they got cash to help pay for Otani. That's probably, realistically, that's probably the, the right outcome. I, I don't know what they're getting in return for Rosario. I always joke bag of baseballs. It, it can't be much. There's just, there's just no way. Out of qualified shortstops this season, and again, this, this, some of this stuff varies from year to year. That's why they're out of 19 qualified shortstops, I'm at Rosario's 17th. Tim Anderson, who at one point was one of the best shortstops in baseball, is having a miserable year this year, is 18th. Some of this stuff, there's some, there's some variance there. There's no doubt about that. Rosario has been downright atrocious when it comes to what he's been able to do at the plate as well as defensively. And collectively, you put it all together – it's wild to think that this Guardians front office spent this offseason wondering whether or not they were going to back up the Brinks truck. They, they were debating whether or not to pay Ahmed Rosario in addition to paying uh, Andres Jimenez and, and all sorts of different scenarios. We got, I believe it was, I don't know that it was like on the one yard line within a deal, but I remember we talked about it for a couple days right before the season got underway and it really felt like Ahmed Rosario was going to go from somebody that was going to be in his final year and potentially traded at the deadline if things didn't go right, like what did happen, or a guardian for the next six or seven years. For some of the reasons that we mentioned, again, Jose Ramirez's best buddy, gets along with the clubhouse really well. Tito loved him in that two slot, even though it was the bane of my existence. I just, it was so infuriating. And in case you're just joining us, we got reports from Solon's own Jeff Passan, ESPN, also with Jesse Rogers on that one. Ken Rosenthal has since signed, uh, co signed as well. Guardians have agreed to a deal to send Ahmed Rosario to the Dodgers. The sides are presently reviewing the medicals. But for Rosario, 
last year was just completely different than this year. Coming off that Lindor trade, and I think this is why a lot of people hang on to Rosario the same way we hang on to Jimenez. Coming off that Lindor trade, Rosario was part of the reason why it felt like we could walk around with our chest out a little bit, feeling good about what the front office had pulled off. Because last year, he really did play a nice season of baseball. Worth nearly three wins above replacement. Slugged nearly 400, with, which for him was really good. Hit 283. But his offense absolutely cratered this year. And, and really, his slugging percentage just absolutely fell out. He went from somebody that could at least threaten to give you something as far as power at the plate to now it just, it just non-existent. And in an offense that doesn't already have enough power to begin with anyway, someone like Rosario needed to be better in the two-hole. Someone like Rosario needed to be better in the seventh hole if he was there, but he definitely needed to be better in the two-hole. What this does is a couple different things. I think this is more about the front office looking forward than I do think it's about anything in relation to Ahmed Rosario. I mean, let's be honest. He was going to be a free agent at the end of this year. You weren't going to bring him back anyway. This is a move about getting people like Arias, Freeman, Rokio, those type of guys a lot more at-bats. Now, let me ask you this, 216-474-0092. When you hear this news, do you think this is the Guardians trying to hedge their bet? You know, it's not like Arias has been tearing the cover off the baseball. Freeman has. He's been playing pretty good ball in my estimation. I like what Rokio can do as well, and I know Arias is a much better player than what we've seen. I understand there are some people that would completely disagree with that statement. Listen, I'm not saying he's the second coming of anything. I just know he's much better than what we've currently seen out of him. But then again, I know me up at the plate might be just as good, if not as well, as what we've seen with Arias at the plate. He has been just an absolute disaster offensively relative to what we thought he could be, okay? There's really only one place to go up offensively for him. But when you see a move like this, do you think the Guardians are – I'm not saying waving the white flag on the season because I don't believe that to be true. But do you feel like they're thinking about two years from now, three years from now, as opposed to what this next half season means? The Shane Bieber injury doesn't happen. Are we having some of these type of moves played out? If the Tristan McKenzie current injury doesn't happen, are we having some of these moves play out? If you had the full complement of the starting pitching staff, if you remained relatively healthy, if you had a four-game lead over the Twins, will we be having some of these same conversations? Would you be making this move with Ahmed Rosario the way they just did? I, don't, I can't say for certain that they would. And that's something I think that we at least got to take note of. I'm not saying it's the biggest deal. In fact, I, I encourage this move. I think it is the right move, not only from a front office perspective, but just from a, a pure baseball perspective. Rosario is just not that guy. And, and this year, he's kind of shown you. He's really just, he's not something that you can depend on. Kind of actually sad that we even had the discussions about extending him for as much as we did before the season got underway. But it puts a lot on Freeman, puts a lot on Arias, puts a lot on Rocchio to make sure that in the next couple years, they get to a spot that was better than Rosario. There is no doubt about that. But in the next three months, can we promise some version of those three can be better than what you saw this year with Rosario? That's got to be the question at hand here. And for the front office, I'm going to be honest, I think they made this move with the idea 
they don't really care. They're more worried about the future than they are over the next two or three months. I, I think they, they know that they can chase down the Twins. I don't believe they thought Ahmed Rosario was the difference between whether or not they chased down the Twins and got to the top of the Central or not. I don't believe they think that. But I do also believe that they know that there are more than one or two bats away from making this into a deep postseason run. Man, what a fascinating display here. Who would have thought we could turn just a, an Ahmed Rosario move into such a, such a big referendum on what this team can or cannot be moving forward? It's kind of wild. In 388 games, he had 276, 25 home runs, 168 RBIs, 711 OPS. Had been hitting better this July. In fact, the other day, he notched his 12th three-plus hit game of the season. Same number that Otani has, by the way. Currently, it was a tie. When it happened, it was a tie for uh, Major League Baseball. It's kind of incredible how hot he can get at the plate some games and would just be so – like when he was locked in on any given day, the dude was locked in. There's just – there's no other way to, to, to work around this. He had 14 games of four hits or more since 2021. That was the most in majors during that span. When that man locked in, he locked in. But he just wasn't good enough defensively at this point. He wasn't good enough offensively at this point. Now we get our two-hole back, and hopefully it helps out Andres Jimenez – in a big way. So here's what I think will happen. Jimenez should have been hitting in the two spots to begin with anyway. Jimenez has been a massive disappointment relative to the seven-win player that he was last year. What happens when you are hitting in front of Jose Ramirez, you get much better pitches. In front of J-Ram, in front of Josh Naylor, there is nothing a starting pitcher can do but to feed you quality pitches and quality strikes. So you're going to get a much better opportunity. You know, when when Jimenez was down batting in the seventh slot or even sometimes the sixth slot, but in back of him was, let's say, Miles Straw and, and currently the slumping Arias, what you had there was a situation where basically pitchers could treat Andres Jimenez like he was 2001 Barry Bonds. They could just avoid throwing him quality pitches. They could avoid throwing him uh, anything that wasn't junk. And Jimenez, I do believe, suffered from that. So one of the unintended, intended consequences of, the, of a move like this is that, like you saw today, Jimenez will get a chance to move on up in the order, took a walk in front of J-Ram today. That was good. He'll be able to move up in the order. It'll go Quan into Jimenez. Jimenez will get the best pitches he's ever seen at the big league level into J-Ram, into Naylor, and then you can move forward from there. And I feel like this opens up so much more with this team offensively, and I almost feel like the shackles of Ahmed Rosario just kind of get released and kind of let go. I like this for the Guardians. I do. Now, I'm still trying to figure out the compensation. I'm trying to figure out what the return is. When that happens, we will let you know. Bob Nightingale, moments ago, Dodgers finally get their shortstop, Ahmed Rosario, from the Guardians, pending physicals. It'll soon be official. They were closing in on this deal this afternoon. So they've been working on this one for a better part of the, I, I guess, during the game. That's why Ahmed Rosario was not in the game today. Which, by the way, Tito... You want to know why Zach can go on, Zach Meisel can go on the, the morning show and talk about some of the discrepancies between uh, the amount of information that is going from the manager to the fans, because it goes to the manager, to the media, to the fans. The media are just a conduit for you guys, the fans. That's all we are. When they sit there and ask press questions, they are just the representation for questions that you want answers to. 
And Zach the other day I thought was great on with Ken and Anthony. Go back and listen to it. Zach was like, yeah, sometimes right now feels like the answers that I'm getting are not really lining up with some of the question marks that the fans have. And they're not, they're not lining up with what we see with our own two eyes. But it goes down to things like this that we saw earlier today. Now, I don't know. Maybe Terry Francona was being honest and suggesting that Ahmed Rosario needed a day off. Maybe he was. Maybe, maybe Ahmed really did need a day off. I got a feeling he knew what was in the works, though. I would bet dollars to donuts Terry Francona knew exactly what was going on earlier today. There's no way he didn't know what was going on earlier today. And Bob Nightingale's basically proof in the pudding right there with the idea. They were closing on the deal this afternoon. I know you can't go up to the podium and tell us that something's cooking with Ahmed Rosario, but my goodness, like these are the type of things that are just so bothersome to me. I shouldn't lose much, much sleep over it. I don't, but it's just these are the little things that, that you, you just bring up over and over and over again. That is just ridiculous. So anyway, 216474 to below 92. Um, Jay Rhymes on Twitter says he's going to be a free agent soon, right, Rosario? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the other part of this. He's going to be a free agent after the season. You're not going to have to worry. You, we, we wouldn't have to worry about him anyway because they would have just let him walk. I don't think they were going to give him, a, you know, another $6 million or something like that to hang around. That just wouldn't have made sense. Not when he was doing this. Again, 17 qualified shortstops this year. Or, sorry, 19 qualified shortstops. Ahmed Rosario was 17th out of 19 in baseball. Only behind Enrique Hernandez in Boston, Tim Anderson in Chicago. He had not been good. That's just the reality of it. He had not been a good player this year, even though at times last year we watched him be a good player. I don't know what happened. I don't know if all of a sudden we're missing out on like the better side of Ahmed Rosario, where you know how in baseball sometimes players, they, they suck for a little stretch, and then they turn around, and then it kind of evens out, where then they get hot, and then you find the balance in the middle. I don't know if we were waiting for an Ahmed Rosario hot streak. I don't know if that was coming. It was right around the corner, and we're just selling at the exact wrong time. But the move tells me that the front office cares more about what you'd be able to find with some of these other pieces than what you would find with Ahmed Rosario. And at this point in the game, I'm here for it. You know, you had uh, uh, Bowden on earlier today on afternoon drive. He's like, yeah, this team, I mean, either one, Twins or the Guardians, whoever gets in, they're not a deep playoff team. This is the type of move that tells me the Guardians front office does not care about upsetting the apple cart. They don't care about shaking it up. They want to see what some of the young guys have, and I think they should. I think they should because right now I feel like the offensive output for some of these other guys isn't going to be enough to damage you long term, or at least for the next three months. That if you find out that Rokio, let's say, just hits rope after rope, well, that's worth it to you. That's worth it to find out. If Freeman can be not only an everyday player, but also on that tiny, tiny contract that he's on, could be your starting shortstop for the next five years, but you were hanging on to Ahmed Rosario, think about how foolish you'd feel. All right. Come on back. We'll continue with your phone calls. 216-474-0092. We also got to get into a couple things around the Browns. We got a Deshaun Watson conversation we got to get into, but there's something that Chris Moeller had to say on with Ken and Anthony earlier today that I want to talk to you guys about. Whether or not we're just, when it comes to the Browns, if we're just being, if everyone is just being a little lazy when it comes to what they think, 216 474 to below 92. It's overtime with Jonathan Beetle in here with you 
on the fan. But first, Classic Chevy and Menor has your 2023 Chevy Silverado 1500 custom truck for $399 per month. Hey, it's Jonathan Peterlin for Jeremy Hamilton and the entire team at Classic Chevrolet and Menor. Tracks, Trailblazer, Equinox, Traverse, all of the in-demand Chevy models are on the lot or in transit to the dealership. Classic Chevrolet, Route 615 and Menor, the entire inventory. New, certified, pre-owned, or in transit. And listen, if you don't want to go in, that's okay. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Go online. Shopping. DriveClassicChevy.com. That's DriveClassicChevy.com. Chevrolet.com. Chevrolet. Back out of here on the fan. This is a uh, perplexing move. This one doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe you guys can help make it uh, make sense. I again, I just, I'm I'm very confused. So we first got a report from Pat Regazzo. He's a New York Mets beat reporter. Okay, uh, again, the player I name, it'll make sense why a New York Mets beat reporter is getting credited with all this first. And when we first started hearing that, you thought to yourself, this doesn't really make much sense. I'll explain why in a second. But now Ken Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal is uh, you know senior writer for the Athletic MLB on uh, on Fox. He's been around for a million years. When he says it, it's kind of like for NBA fans. It's like if Woj or Sham says it. He's in that rare air. It's Rosenthal. It's passing. Those are the two baseball guys that you trust more than anybody else. And Ken Rosenthal is confirming through his sources the Dodgers are sending Noah Syndergaard to the Guardians for Ahmed Rosario pending a review of medicals so the part that's confusing to me is that Noah Syndergaard has been absolute absolutely awful and injury prone in the previous few years if you don't know Noah Syndergaard's story he was a first round draft pick he was with the Mets. First couple years he came out and was really good. He finished fourth in the Rookie of the Year award his rookie season. He went to the All-Star game in year two. He finished eighth in the Cy Young Award voting that year. He led the league in fielder independent pitching. He also led the league in home runs for nine. Like he was really, he was really solid. ERA 2.6. Like it, that was a he was a really good pitcher. He, he also had some funny little quirks to himself, right? So like his nickname was Thor because he kind of looked like Thor. There was like some little things that just with Noah Syndergaard, just, I, I don't know, just kept, he was a lightning rod for conversation at a time where the Mets were trying to build up this dynasty that they were trying to go for through a bunch of pitchers that just continually got injured. It was really the, the synopsis. That they just, they kept getting injured. They kept having issues. They kept having problems. But from 27 to 2019, Noah Syndergaard, it was like he's made out of glass. The, the man just could not stay healthy in the slightest bit. And now in the previous couple years, he had the Tommy John surgery. He has since recovered from Tommy John. The Mets tendered him a, a qualifying offer for 2022. He signed a one-year deal with the Angels. That was just a, an awful deal for both sides. Angels trade him to the Phillies. And he just wasn't good. There's no other like polite way to say that. Dodgers signed him to a one-year deal for $13 million last December. And he's just kind of been – he's been injured. He's got a finger problem right now that he's been dealing with. And it just – it just like, – like, go online. Go on uh, 
go on Twitter. Look, just look up his name really quick, and you can see the reaction by Dodgers fans and how excited they are that he's not on their team anymore. So if that $13 million contract, if that was, if that's accurate and there's no other money exchanged, there might be, there might be money exchanged in this deal. I can't envision this Guardians team not only paying more money than what Ahmed Rosario is worth, adding on money for a guy that has been made of glass, that hasn't been healthy, and when he has been healthy, has been downright bad. There's just no other way to put it. I wish I could put it more delicately and then nicer for you guys, but my brain's in a little bit of a mental pretzel right now. In 12 games this season, 55 innings, he's got an ERA above seven and has absolutely cratered all value that anybody perceived him to have. $13 million for an ERA near seven in return for Ahmed Rosario, even though I'm happy that we got rid of Ahmed because I wanted it to clear up for some of these other players. This is not a Guardian-style move. There's, there's got to be more to this that we're just missing right now because this is not the type of move the Guardians continue to make. Historically, this is not the move that they make. 216-474-0092. Mark up next on the fan. Hello, Mark. Hey, good evening, Jonathan. How are you? Hey, Mark. How's it going? Oh, good. Hey, you know, this, this deal actually does make sense if you think about it because we're used to taking players off the scrap heap, and there's another thing coming with this, and it's that famous player that we always get cash considerations yeah I mean that's got to be you'd think that would be the highlight in this one Mark but it doesn't doesn't appear to be coming back our way and I appreciate you uh Bob Nightingale now on this one as well so we got a couple different uh heavy hitting baseball writers that have confirmed this one between Ken Rosenthal between Bob Nightingale the return is Noah Syndergaard now here's where maybe I hang on to the idea that Cleveland might be the best spot for Noah Syndergaard can I twist this one around really quick now, obviously, he's got injury problems. He's been pitching in AAA right now with a finger injury, trying to get back, all these type of things. If anybody could get Noah Syndergaard back to being a dominant pitcher, we know the stuff is there. The stuff at least was there at one point in his life. If anybody could get them back or get him back, you'd think the Guardians would be top of that list, would you not? Guardians should be, in theory, the only team in baseball that Noah Syndergaard would want to go to to get him back on the right track. Because historically, they're just able to do that with pitchers. It's blowing my mind, though. I just, I, I never in a million years did I think this was going to be the return. Thor is his nickname. Mackenzie, you can look him up. You can see he kind of looks like uh, Mackenzie in between the break was asking me, what about Noah Syndergaard of importance should I know? And the first thing, outside of Tommy John surgery, outside of what he did in the first two years of baseball, I was like, eh, it kind of looks like Thor. That's, uh, they used to do like Thor, Noah Syndergaard bobblehead nights where they dress him up with like the, the little Thor hammer and then uh, they would make that a thing. I, listen, I have no idea what his fate here in the Guardians will, will be. I would imagine he'd try to figure out that finger issue and they would try to work with him and see what he can become. But I, I'm not envisioning Noah Syndergaard in the starting rotation at any point. I'm, I'm just not. If they deal Savali... Maybe that's, maybe that's part of their plans, deal Savali, and then go down that road? It's very perplexing to me. Mike, up next on The Fan. Hello, Mike. Hey, good evening. Uh, you know what? I think that this makes sense, and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, spell it out for uh, me. I, I think that, number one, you hit the nail on the head a little bit ago. Ahmed Rosario is a subpar, below-average shortstop. I mean, what did we think we were going to get for him? You're not going to get a whole lot. And 
we know pitching. You have to give this organization the benefit of the doubt when it comes to pitching. They didn't just blindly say, okay, yeah, we'll take him. They've been watching this guy. They, they probably saw something that they feel they can correct. And we need pitching because I'm going to tell you, we're, we're only going to go so far with these young kids because they're going to get shut down. And that's because they can only pitch so many innings this year. And Syndergaard, if they can get him turned around, it's worth a shot. I mean, you're not going to get anything else for Rosario. And like you said, you had to clear out the space. You got to give these. I was pleased as punch today to see Arias playing shortstop. I mean, do you see how how he just glided across the field today, uh, especially <laughs> in that last double play? I mean, Rosario doesn't look like that. He looked clunky and clanky all the time. Uh, I think that this is a good move. What do you got to lose? No, you I, don't have any other starting pitchers. You can rely on Zach Plesac. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? You you got as much chance with Syndergaard as you would bring in Plesac up. I guess the only concern I would have there, and I do appreciate you. Thank you, Mike. The only concern I would have is, so Syndergaard's on a one-year deal, right? It was a one-year deal, $13 million. We'll see what the Dodgers do in regards to giving us back some money. I would imagine we're not swallowing $13 million to, to help turn around Noah Syndergaard's career, okay? My thing is, though, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So we, we put our golden pitching hands on him. We get him turned around. We get him back to, I don't know, maybe he sees 100 miles per hour on the radar gun like he did when he first entered Major League Baseball, when he was going to the World Series as a rookie, when he was an all-star in 2016. Maybe he gets back to that form, and then what? We just rehabbed, spent our resources, got him on the right track for him to go sign a $10 million deal elsewhere? Uh, maybe his eyes are open. He's like, that's my aha moment. I need to be in Cleveland because they know what they're doing and they got me back to form for the first time in, geez, seven years? Ugh. I don't know. I don't know, guys. It's a flyer. It's not a big deal. It's a flyer. I'm just a little surprised. David, up next on the fan. Hello, David. How you doing, buddy? Hey, uh, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> it just doesn't. Like... Unless they're like, well, let's just dump him. Let's dump old cucumbers for wrapped cucumbers. I mean, it just doesn't – I mean, are they going to move into, like, some kind of reliever spot? Because he's not a starter. Are they going to think oh, we can rehab him in time for the playoffs? I mean – I actually don't hate him out of the pen. He's got to get healthy, but I don't I, – that, that, you might have hit on to something, David, maybe. Because he can't be a starter. His ERA was seven. He hasn't been a good he's starter not. in years. He's not that guy. But maybe, maybe I, he could be – you know, seventh inning, eighth inning type guy, maybe something like that? That's all I get out of this is, like, maybe, like, okay, we get him in seven, and we just maybe get him to the eighth, and all you got to do is get four outs. Maybe they just want him for four outs. But other than that, I guess his four outs are better than Rosario's four strikeouts. Yeah. yeah. That's really all the math that I can see of it, you know. Other than that, it's just, you know, Kmart versus Dollar General. <laughs> yeah, thank you, David. I appreciate you, man. You know, clearly they do. Clearly they value the guardians that are. They value what's going on uh, with these young players and getting them at bats. And and listen, from that perspective, I think it's the right move. Been spending an hour on it. I think it's the 100% right move. It's what they had to do. I would rather give those bats and at bats to, you know, Freeman, Rocchio, Arias. I just, I would. That's the right move for the guardians. The return is questionable. Taking on that money, injured player, 
going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Any team in baseball could fix him. It'd be this Guardians team, though. That's for sure. They got the magic touch when it comes to pitchers. I don't hate that bullpen role idea, though. That's not that's not a bad idea. You know, Noah Syndergaard, maybe he needs to try to redefine who he is as a player right now. Maybe he understands the starting pitching thing is just it's not where he's at currently in life. That ship has sailed. Maybe he'd take on a seventh, eighth inning role if you can bring his fastball back to the 100-mile-per-hour it was when he first entered the league. All right, leave that there. We come on back. Daryl Ryder at the Greenbrier with the latest not only on the Browns, uh, but also his field trip. Daryl went on a field trip today. We'll find out how it went at the Greenbrier. Daryl Ryder, our Browns insider, joins us next. It's Overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on The Fan.